Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. Today's guest is David McDermott, who is Managing Director of Edo Midas. That's Edo Midas, a boutique training business delivering high-performance training and business psychology to firms internationally. David is a friend of mine. I am honored to say that. He's been very generous, very kind, supportive, and helpful to me over the years. And I've worked with David and his team on exciting projects as a business development consultant in places like Asia Pacific and the US, alongside David's co-directors, Tina and Nicola. I'm lucky to have David on the program this morning, and I think you'll really enjoy this episode. This is episode 46 of the podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Welcome again to today's episode. This is the show for training business owners, just like you and I, all around the world. My name is Mark Garrett Hayes, and it's my privilege to host an episode of the show every single Thursday. This show is designed to help you to start to grow and to scale your training business. And we do that by having episodes featuring guests whose experience, whose entrepreneurial journey in the training business is going to help you with yours. As I said before the music, today's guest is David McDermott, a friend of mine who is managing director of a firm called Edo Midas in Edinburgh in Scotland. And it's a boutique training business focused on financial services, brands such as Standard Life, Allianz Global Corporate, Jupiter Asset Management, and many, many more. David today tells us his story of how he has spent 35 years in the training business and how he's built that brand from scratch. Hi, David, and welcome to the program. Hi. Uh, so we were just chatting before we hit the record button here. Um, you're managing director of a company called Edom Midas, based in the beautiful city of Edinburgh, uh, where I got married uh, in 2011. Beautiful place. How is business going in 2019? Uh, business is going steady it's going well and uh, we're pleased about that it's hard to say what's around the corner with the political climate etc brexit and all that uh, but at the moment touch wood all is going well so without going to brexit which could extend the interview to about uh, four hours i know i know um let, let's talk about the edomidas story and we'll come to where the name comes from in a minute so wh- where does the edomidas story start if we go back in time well i guess the edomidas story starts when i was engaged in uh, originally in a research project i was interested in looking at what is it that makes the perfect pitch? What is it that the guys do who win more than their fair share of business pitches? What do they do differently that makes them stand out from the crowd? And I was very much interested in that perfect pitch. And at the same time, my business partner, Tina, she was very into, she's a psychologist and she was also doing research. Her research was looking at What is it that makes high-performing individuals? What is it that makes high-performing teams? And what is it that makes high-performing 
organisations. She was very much looking to, I mean, everybody has an opinion on high performance and there's no shortage of information out there. So she was looking at defining what specifically is high performance and having achieved that definition, how can you measure it? So she was very much looking at that. And when we got together, there was a real synergy there because we were both interested in in research. We were both interested in developing unique products. And there was a a really, really nice fit there. So the the start of the business was was based on um, a few research projects and unique uh, products. And that's how we conduct our business uh, from there on in. You mentioned research uh, several times there. Why is research so important to you? Well, because everybody's got an opinion. And, some t- you know, if you look at books, for example, you know, you, you, if you take high performance, if you read uh, Richard Branson's definition, he'll say it's, you know, it's all about keeping things small, small is beautiful. If you read Jack Welch, he's talking about shedding the bottom 10%. Anita Roddick's on about franchising. You know, they've all got their own models. They've all got their own opinions. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't read these, but how do we know that that is really what contributed to their success? So at best, you've got an opinion and a nice story. At at, at worst, you've got wrong information. So we wanted to go out there and conduct this research so that we could categorically stand up in front of our clients and say, this is how you define high performance. This is what it means. And if you engage in these activities on a regular basis, you will achieve high performance. It's pretty much guaranteed. So we were looking for that measurement as well. So it's not about opinion. It's about absolutely foolproof research and robust products. So it's important to you that people who, when they um, represent your brand, say, as uh, trainers, that they're able to stand over the material they're actually presenting. It's not a case of just giving some graphics, but being able to say conclusively, this is based upon research that we at Edomidas have conducted, and this is why we think this will help you. Yeah, absolutely. They, 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 they need to learn the research, they need to understand the, the, the products, and quite categorically, they can, they can stand up there and say with their hand on their heart, it's not my opinion, this is based on research. So, yes, definitely. So our our, when our, pro, our trainers are very much expected to, to, to learn the research, to, to learn the, the, the products. And when we recruit trainers, that's very, very important to us, uh, that they, they learn the Edomaiidas way. So in terms of the trainers that we, 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 we take on, we, we're looking for good presenters because we are content-driven. But we also... We're a skills company, so we're also looking for people who are good facilitators in terms of giving and eliciting really, really powerful feedback, whether that's people who are conducting delegates, that is, who are conducting a a pitch, or whether they are having a a difficult conversation to manage underperformance. It's very much 
uh, skills driven. So I mentioned Edomitis, uh, which is your name, and it's a fascinating name because I'm sure it provokes curiosity when people come across that for the first time. Uh, perhaps just give us an idea of, of, of the origin of, of that name or of what, the, what it comp- comprises and how you came across that name. Maybe it's got something to do with the domain name availability. I don't know. Well, actually, it has spot on there. When we set up the company, I mean, the company's been operating as a limited liability company now for over 16 years. And when we started conducting the research, you know, it was over about 20 years ago or so. So in the early days of uh, the internet, uh, you you might remember, it doesn't seem so important now, of course, but at the time, it was quite important to get a .com and we also wanted to have a, a name that, that, that was a little bit unique, a little bit different. And in conversations with my business partner one day, Tina, I said to her that somebody had the Midas touch. And she said, ah, I really like the word Midas. So she prefixed it with a Latin term, Edo, which is about giving birth. So they, it's a bit of a play on words, really, which is about giving birth to gold, which I all, I always feel as if I have to qualify when I explain that because by saying that that's what we like to do for our, our clients. Yeah, and that's not something that uh, I think a lot of people find easy, the process of coming up with a name um, and also a name which is available, a name which uh, these days um, when people look for, say, a name for a training business or a coaching business, they've got to look for the availability of, say, an Instagram name, uh, as well as the LinkedIn profile, as well as maybe Snapchat, Facebook, uh, and other platforms. So it sounds to me like you literally struck gold <laughs> when you when you, <laughs> when you picked that well, name. Yeah, it, it was just important at the time that we got that .com and we didn't want, uh, you know, d- a name like the training company. We wanted something a little bit quirky. We wanted something a little bit different. So, yeah, I think that's it certainly worked in our favour. And as you say, people get really curious. Uh, it's a nice conversation starter when delegates come into the room and during breaks. So, well, for the people listening to the program, uh, give us an idea of of the composition of the business right now in terms of uh, the people and maybe the structure as well. Yeah, the. the the business is broadly split into three key areas. Um, I run the business development training suite. So there we have a suite of products that enable people to execute the right strategy at the right time of the, the business uh, development process. So, for example, we have the consulting to win uh, program that's very much about consultative sales it's early business development activities and the key skill there is about going out and, and asking questions now now anybody can ask questions but our program enables them to ask the right questions uh, they're questions that really get underneath the client's skin that it exposes their problems and their challenges which ultimately lead, lead to their actual needs uh, the that often leads to a proposal. So our second uh, program is the Writing to Win program, which allows clients to to write client-focused proposals that get read. Uh, that often leads to the pitch. And one of our flagship products is the, the where the original research was carried out was the uh, Presenting to Win program. And then once they win the business, they often that leads to a negotiation where they have to negotiate agreeable outcomes. So the final 
program is the negotiating program. So that that's the the section of the business that I head up. Uh, my other business partner, Nicola, uh, she heads up the management and leadership side of it. So we have the 5A model of high performance, aim, ability, attitude, approach, and adaptability. That's the definition that I mentioned earlier. Um, and we can measure that through our online survey. And also she runs the dynamic leadership program as well. So she's very much heading up the high performance management and leadership side, which is also a training function. Uh, so we have the business development and the leadership side, they are both training functions. And then the third section is my other business partner, Tina, who is a psychologist and she heads up a team of psychologists who do research, who do assessment and who do executive coaching as well. Right. So there's a lot actually under one roof. Yeah, there is. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's the, the, the three distinct functions, which all, particularly the leadership and management and the psychologist side, work closely, very much hand in hand, because the assessment side, often when, when it's for promotions, for example, within a professional services firm, if there's maybe five or six assessments, it often leads to, uh, often identifies gaps, and that leads to training. So the, those two sides of the business are working very much hand in hand. And, and who else is then is in the company? You've mentioned three directors, so Nicola, yourself, Tina. Yeah, well, we have a, the admin support team, and so there's about six employees. And then we have a team of associates, about 12 associates, who, uh, who either deliver the business development, the leadership, or, or some associate psychologists who help out on the assessment side as well. I'm just curious, what, what do you feel is the edge that having business psychologists or organizational psychologists under your roof, what does that edge give you in terms of the competition? Why is it important to have, to have that skill in-house? Well, it means that, as I, as I mentioned earlier, it means that our, our products are unique. It means that they are based on research. It means that they are robust and thoroughly tried and tested. And we often get people on a training course who say, you know what, I've been on loads of training courses before, but nothing like that. Your content was sharp. Your delivery was was really, really quite demanding in terms of the way that you structured the training course. I felt as if I was under a, a lot of pressure. Um, and yet I had a great time as well and learned a lot. So it really gives us a combination of having the psychologists for the research and a combination of some really good training design. We really, and we often get their feedback. It was really challenging. I learned a lot and it was great fun. And that's what I, when I say to the trainers, that's the kind of feedback that I'm, I'm looking for on a regular basis. I'm thinking of, uh, in terms of the structure, you've, uh, you mentioned the directors, co-directors. Um, m- some of the people listening to this might think, you know what, I, I have a business, I'd like to scale up and maybe have a co-director. Is, is that something that uh, is a straightforward process to kind of parcel out uh, responsibility of, of, say, your training business to, to co-directors? Under one roof. Well, I think I think it's I think it is important. Otherwise, you'll just end up doing too much uh, uh, on your own. I mean, I, I, for me, I guess theoretically, I could head up the the leadership and the performance management. Would I want to do that? 
no, it would be too much. Um, so I think it's really good to have focused disciplines with a team of, of experts there who can, who can all help each other. Uh, we often do pitches together and things. So I would say definitely it's really important to bounce ideas, share research, and, and stick to your strengths. I mean, the psychologists are fantastic at conducting research. They take in masses and masses of information. They interview loads and loads of people, and they come to us with this information. And what we do, and then we can help them shape the, the, the research into products. And as soon as the products are developed, they, they just hand it over to the trainers because we're the experts in design. We're the experts of what to do with it in the classroom. So I think that combination for us works incredibly well. Let me quiz you about that for a second, because that's fascinating. Uh, the, the researchers or the psychologists come to you with, say, some kind of findings, and you then transform that into products. What's that like, creating your own products in-house? Have you, at this stage, a defined process that you feel nails it every time? Well, it's really, it's really, it, it, it's, it's, it's a combination. At that moment in time, all the research is done by the psychologists. And then they will kind of have a go at packaging it. But often they'll come to us and say, oh, I'm really struggling to, 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 to find a way of putting this over in a, in a way that's interesting. So, so let me give you an example. So we have a, 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 a quick and dirty questionnaire that we we use on the training course you know so we've, we've got all the online stuff the really comprehensive stuff but there's one that we use on a training course and if i if i give the example of critical conversations that that's a, that's a a really good course that we run where we, we we teach people how to hold difficult conversations you know the ones where there's usually an element of negative feedback to be given and you know pretty well that that's not going to be received very well. So the emotions are running high. There's a lot of conflict. And the questionnaire that we use, it will helps people identify what their communication style is like when they're, when they're in a good place and what their communication style is like when they're in conflict and when they are maybe in a bad place. And... You know, that's theoretically that that's, you know, that that's what people kind of grow to expect. So so the psychologist would come to us and say, you know, got this questionnaire. How can we package it in such a way that it's good? And then we can brainstorm ideas. And we came up with a, a, a model called the penthouse basement model, you know. The penthouse is when things are good, you're cooking on gas, you're playing to your strengths, you know, you're having a great time, there's humour, relationships are built, things get done. That's when you're in the penthouse, you can see for miles and you're having a great time. Then we go into the basement, things are dark, things are dingy, you're playing to your weaknesses, you procrastinate, there's blame, there's a lot of negativity going on. And that model just makes it easier for people to understand and it gives clients a, a a common language, the penthouse in the basement. So we help them package it in a way that's good. But as soon as that product's designed, as soon as that model's designed, then it's over to the trainer and it's up to us to say, okay, how do we use this in a classroom? How do we put over in a, in a, in a concise but interesting way? And how do we get people to practice and get maximum feedback? So that transition from... Um conversations or ideas or, or research findings from psychologists 
uh, to you, to the team. Uh, how do you test that or battle test that? So let's say you have a concept and you think this is interesting. This could actually be a market product, a training product in the marketplace. Um, is there any way that you can test that, kind of dip the toes in the water to get some feedback from potential clients who are willing to um, have someone from Edomitis come in and actually deliver that program? What, what confirms in a way that this is something which could sell? Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, um, well, sometimes we, we will say to a client, we've got a, a new product. This is what it's designed to do. And in our conversations with your people, it's certainly something that they would benefit from. And how about we take a, a group of people and we we run a pilot program and we get some feedback as to how to make it uh, better. Sometimes right. we do that. Absolutely, that's done. Other times we are so confident in the content that we know it's going to run. Well, that doesn't sound arrogant, but the negotiating <laughs> the negotiating program that we 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 did uh, that we ran a lot of this stuff is kind of. Some of this stuff anyway is in public domain, but the way we packaged it was really unique and we, we had a strong sense that this was going to be a really good product um, because we tested within ourselves the case studies, etc., and we knew that they worked. So sometimes we pilot, get feedback, sometimes we're confident enough to just go out and run it. Okay, so all the people listening to this right now, at least from to my ears, what's coming from what you're saying seems to be a lot of programs focused on the business in other words, um, it, it's negotiation, it, it's pitching, it's having difficult conversations which can can give a business an edge. Thinking of that, what what are the kinds of organizations and businesses that Edomitis does its best work with? I would say that 90% of our clients are professional services. So we are training investment managers. Okay. We are training lawyers. Mm. We are training uh, corporate financiers, we are training analysts in investment houses as well. So those 90% of our clients fall into to, to those categories, which brings its, its own challenges, actually. Yeah. So what kind of challenges does that bring? Well, th these, guys are, um, these guys are really, really intelligent. They are mega, mega bright. They grasp concepts really, really quickly. Now, their ability to, put, to, to demonstrate the skills, for example, is not always the case, but they understand things really, really quickly. So when we train them, we have to make our, our input sessions short and punchy and interesting, and then we very, very quickly get them to practice, whether that's a critical conversation, whether that's a, a feedback conversation, whether that's a negotiation or whether that is a pitch. We have to get them really, really up in front of us and getting feedback really, really quickly. Right. I don't have to uh, tell you that uh, the kinds of organizations you've mentioned, banks, insurance companies, uh, professional services, organizations which we naturally assume have money, those for many people are really coveted. They're, they're desired clients. Um, is it easy to get that kind of business to to keep people in those kinds of organizations happy and, and to attract them as clients? They tend to be demanding. Mm. They tend to be very, very demanding. They tend to... I, I actually find that they, they, a lot of them, they have a high degree of uh, 
you know, interpersonal skills. You know, you know, the, the, their business depends on building good relationships with their clients. But they are very, very demanding. Uh, they want short, you know, maximum half-day training courses sometimes with mega input, meg, maximum impact. So, so they're very, very demanding in that way. And they're very, very demanding in as much as if you're not good, if you, if you can't cut it, they'll tell you and they'll look for somebody else. So you've got to be on the ball. You've got to have robust products and you've got to have great training design. And you've really, really got to, to give them insightful feedback as to how they can improve their performance. So, but once you're in there, they, 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 tend, to be, they tend to be loyal. And the, the ones that we've worked with for a long time, we've, we've got a real partnership relationship going with them. Yeah, we're not going to name out the names, but uh, they're on the website if anyone wants to go to Ian Myers. Of course they are. Of course. There's actually actually about 20 or 30 uh, testimonials on the website. So, um, yeah, so you can... can you can definitely read them. That's public domain. How important is that to you to secure those testimonials, that kind of um, first-hand witness statements, if you will, from people who've been through the programs and are willing to, you know, have their picture or their name or their quotation appear on the website to right beside your domain name, right beside your products? How important is that to you? I, I, for me, it's very, very important because it's a, it's a proof statement. It's a credibility statement. Um, if I if I look at a website and 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 it says this course was fantastic, um, managing director of a, of a retail bank, I immediately discredit that because there's no name, there's no no name attached to it. Um, I, anybody could write that, whereas we have people's names and occupations and and. Uh, titles and, and and the name of their organization so that that is really important as a proof statement but also when we are invited along to other uh, organizations prospects you know they will inevitably ask who have you worked with what do they say about you and we can just show them and say there you go and I have the impression that very often in the professional services industry, it's a small enough world, so people will recognize names and they'll recognize brands very quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's a very, very small world. They, 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 they tend to move around. A lot of the people, uh, they, they, they tend to know each other. And, and it's quite a com- if you take investment banking, for example, it's quite a complex um, industry because you never know who is a partner, who is a friend, and who is a, a competitor. It's quite hard to, to navigate your way around and really understand it. But one thing's for sure, that, that they, they all they, they get to know each other and there's a lot of movement around. It's a quite a small world. How important is it to them to have someone in front of them who's got some kind of domain expertise? It's not just enough to say, okay, I know my product, the product I'm, I'm delivering to you today, but actually I know something about the industry. In other words, I know the, the acronyms, the terms, uh, the challenges, and I've got some kind of credibility by being able to understand your world. How important do you think that is to a prospect? In, in the main, I think it's uh, I think it's really important that the the people standing in front of them know their sector, know their industry, knows the terminology, knows, for example, how they do business pitches. I mean, I mean, I can give you 
I can give, I can give you an example. Um, Go on then. We love examples. I, I was <laughs> I, I was just I was I, I was actually it was, it was many many years ago, but it it, it just reminds me. Um, we were work, started working with a client, and in their wisdom, I mean, I, I personally didn't agree with this, but it. it for whatever reason, this is what they decided to do, is that they, they wanted to uh, improve their pitching skills. So they, they brought us along. Uh, my colleague, one of my associates, was working with them. Uh, and they brought us along to help them with persuasive presentation strategies, how to package the content, um, how to structure the pitch book, what it should look and feel of it all. And that, that's, that was our remit. And they brought in a, a company of actors to help with the physical delivery. And, you know, I was just sitting by the phone one day and the phone rang and, and, and it was the client. And the guy at the end of the, the phone said to me, David, do you have a view on distribution of the pitch books? And I said, and absolutely. And, and he said, what is it? And I said, <laughs> and I said, well, we always say to people that they must give the pitch book out at the beginning of the pitch, because that's when clients want it. It's when and they can annotate, take notes, and it's useful for when they make their final decision. Why do you ask? And he said, ah, oh, it's not you then. And I said, what what transpired was that the the actor had said, it's vitally important that you must maintain eye contact, therefore don't give them the pitch book until the end, you know. <laughs> you know? And, and they actually lost a pitch because of it, you know. So it's little things like that. How do, they, how do these organizations pitch? So somebody going in with big fancy PowerPoint and, and you, know, you know, standing up and dazzling and all the rest, it just doesn't go down well with our clients. Um, they, they would look at them as if to say, what planet are you on? That's not how we do business. So it's really important that we understand their language. It's really important that we understand how they interact with their clients. And it's really important that we can design products that that, that is a natural fit with their approach. Okay. So on that topic then, um, there must be kinds of organizations out there or people and organizations which are just not right for you. They, they're not the kinds of organizations that would gel or, or synergize w with what Edomidas stands for? Yes. I mean, I, I think, I think it's, import, it's important that any organization that we work with has a really, really good moral compass. Um, in terms of internally, it's important that they, they, they treat their people well, that they have good uh, diversity policies, uh, that they, they are up on their equal opportunities and they behave in that manner so that they have good, sound values in action, not just espoused values, uh, and that they treat people people well, that they are sensitive to the, the, the community that they work in, that they have really good policies for that as well. So it's about having a, a really good moral, moral compass. Uh, and if, the, and if a, an organisation has that good moral compass, then you know, there would be a good fit there. And we, would, we wouldn't work with any organisations in tobacco, gambling, that sort of thing. That's not, not where we would go personally. 
So let's think about the, the the majority of your business. You've mentioned some, well, I haven't mentioned names, I'm not going to, but they're on the website. But suffice to say that uh, you have some very attractive clients. How, how would you think, or what is the secret of of generating the majority of business from clients of that of that level? The, the secret is to have great products, to deliver great training, to build great relationships and build great partnerships. Stay close to your, your, your clients because your business is, if not all, a very, very large percentage is going to come through personal referrals and recommendations. So being consistently excellent in the service that you provide as well. So contacting clients afterwards, giving them feedback on how things went, you know, keeping the, the, the feedback loop going, once having really meaningful conversations with them, and, uh, and just being consistent and excellent. And do you ask for referrals or do people give them to you uh, instinctively? Instinctively. Right, okay. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's a, there is quite a bit. A few of our clients uh, have got, you know, the average, uh, the average length of duration is about 15 years. Uh, but the, a lot of the other clients, there's a lot of move, particularly when you're, you're working with London clients in, the, uh, in financial services, there's, it's very, there's a lot of movement a lot of movement along so inevitably they go from one place to another and that's when we can uh, that's that's when they they will bring us into the new the new uh, employer i haven't asked you this so i think it's a good question um what was the the inspiration that led you to to kind of find your niche in financial services or professional services is it something by virtue of the fact that that is what edinburgh does a lot of you know a lot of uh uh, big banks and insurance companies are based there, or is it something else that made you feel, you know, I, I want us to serve people in the professional services industry for a particular reason? It, it you know, it, it just happened like that. It wasn't a conscious, it wasn't a conscious choice at Mark actually. It, what happened was when I was doing the original research, I would have a, uh, I was having a look at what makes a, a good pitch. And I just happened to speak to somebody who was who, who said, oh, you know, that is something that we would be interested in. And, and it gave me access to people to speak to. It gave me access to conduct research. And it just so happened to be in an investment bank. Right. Uh, lucky you. Edo Midas struck gold. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. <laughs> but it's like a lot of things, isn't it? You know, you speak, say to people, how did you end up in this organisation? Oh, it just happened. You know, it's often the case, and it just so happened that we were in. Once we got into the investment houses, then that opened up a few other avenues in corporate finance. And then once you're working in uh, one area of professional services, the lawyers kind of like that. The lawyers will say, ah, oh, you're used to dealing with people in professional services like us. So, so there's a kind of a natural... Um relationship between say uh, the legal kind of companies you deal with and then maybe the finance and insurance there's a kind of a kind of a, a relationship between them definitely definitely is absolutely thinking of the uh, the process that you have you mentioned that you have then consultants on your books how do you go about finding those consultants and what do you look for as qualities that convinces you those people are good enough to stand up and represent you uh, in front of your clients 
we often often consultants approach us. Um, they they hear about us, and and often our clients will come to us and say, "Oh, I know somebody who's in your line of business. Would you be interested in speaking to him or her?" Um, there's also a a, a small business uh, who provide services for uh, freelance trainers. So we often go to them and ask them if if they've got any CDs for us. When we when we see the the, the trainers, we we look for a few things in terms of the uh, the qualities that we're looking for is that one they need to be good presenters because we're a content we we're we're content driven so they need to be good on their feet and they need to be confident in delivery two they need to be good at giving feedback in small groups so they need to be really really pick up on things and give very, very insightful feedback. So they need to be good at that as well. It, it, it also helps enormously if they have worked in professional services. And less important these days, um, they need to kind of look the part. And as much as the very, very smart business dress, uh, but that is... That when I got into working with financial services, it was very much the case. You, you, if you wore brown shoes, you were sent packing. <laughs> it really was, you know, you had to have cufflinks and pinstripe suits and everything. But I think that's that's less the case now. But um, but still, when you're working with professional services firms. It's important that you that you can that you can blend in well. Yeah, I mean they're representing you after all. They're flying your flag. Absolutely, absolutely. So looking at the future now, if you had the opportunity, we'll look at the past through the future. If you had the opportunity to go back in time and to speak to yourself in your first year of training business operations, what advice would you give yourself, your younger self now? Uh, I if we go if we go way. I've been involved in training for, I've been running training courses for 35 years. I originally got involved in, uh, my first job was in a civil service training college in, in England um, when I was only 25 or so. So um, I left after five years, did a master's degree, and the bit of advice that I would give myself is to set up a business quicker and take a little bit more risk. Uh, what, what stopped you from taking risk? And from uh, setting up the business quickly enough back then, I, I think I just I got comfortable. Uh, um, and this is this is not a judgment. I mean, a lot loads of people um, are very comfortable being a freelance trainer. It's actually a very good life because you've got you've got not necessarily got any overheads. Um, you get paid a really good daily fee when you're working, and there's a lot of autonomy and freedom in that. So. You know, the life as a freelance trainer or a freelance consultant is, is very attractive. And I think I just got very comfortable uh, and I just stuck to that comfort zone. And I think I should have, uh, I would have built the business quicker. Okay. So where are you going to take Edomidas next? You, Nicola and Tina, what, what is the next stage and how will you know when Edomidas gets there? That's a, that's an interesting one because actually... Um, I know I don't look it because I was asked, believe it or not, I was asked for ID in Tesco at the weekend. Um, but I'm, I'm actually 60 years old now. You don't um, look at so, David. We don't look at it at all. 
I am. <laughs> I'm 60 years old. So what's going on in my head at the moment is I'll be retiring in five or six years' time. So I need to look at an exit strategy. Uh, and that would be somebody who would be uh, looking to, uh, to, to, to look after the business when I leave. Um, so I, I'm, I'm having conversations at the moment with various people about the, the next five years. And then we'll be looking for people to come in and, and take over my role, get some equity. And eventually I would, I would probably in six years' time be a, a non-executive director. I can come in for a day a month or two days a month and help give advice and uh, challenge and... Uh, answer any questions that the, the new directors may may have to ask. So for me personally, um, I'm, I'm starting to, 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 to think about my own exit strategy and look for people who are prepared to come in and have some equity and, and move the business forward. Will you miss it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, I mean, but I... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I won't because I mean I've I've been training. I've you know don't get me wrong when I when I uh, when I was eight, I think I was eighteen and I went into a training room to, to go on a training course and as soon as I walked into that training room and the trainer started training I thought this is what I'm going to do. So I always knew I knew from an early age that I was going to be a trainer. And at the age of twenty five I got the job in the civil service training college. And I've I've been training for thirty five, nearly thirty six years since then, you know. So don't get me wrong, I've I've loved it. I'm I'm fortunate enough to get a job that I really really wanted, and a job that I'm pretty good at as well. In fact, I'm very good at. It. There's lots of things I'm not good at, so it's good to have a job that <laughs> really plays to my strengths. It's nice to know, and, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. And so I've had 30, nearly 36 years of it. It will be 40 by the time I retire. And I think that's enough. It's time just to take your foot off the gas. So it's not that um, uh, I, I won't miss it because I've, I've, really, I've, I've really done it for long enough, really, Mark. Let me ask you one last question then. Um, which, which, which one thing, if, if executed brilliantly, would get Edomitis to the next stage before you, you know, exit? Um, what would you like to see happening if one thing was done well, what would that be? Uh, uh, revoke, our, revoke. Our <laughs> okay. Get rid of get rid of procurement companies. <laughs> um, actually, on a serious note, although that would help, um, I, I think really having um, having a a business development strategy in there. You know, having not just although. Although business development is, is done through good relationships and referrals, that doesn't mean to say that you should just sit there and wait for the phone to ring. It's about, you know, keeping in touch with people, uh, come, finding reasons to, to talk to people and challenging them with what they're doing. So it's about getting a really, really robust business development strategy in place. That goes for any business and it's it's really the key to, to to having a successful business. Right, right. Um, yeah, spoken spoken with with the tinge of the oracle about you just there. <laughs> <laughs> 
So um, uh, we, we wish Edomidas the very best, of course, for the future. Where can listeners find out more about you and about uh, Edomidas? Obviously, it's www.edomidas.com. I will leave links in the show notes to today's program. But, but where would you like people to go to to find out more about Edomidas and what uh, your brand offers clients? Well, if anybody wants to link in with me, please send me an invitation. But also you can follow Edomidas on LinkedIn and we are regularly, on a daily basis, we're posting research and regular updates and articles. So we're, our, our, our research is constantly out there. If anybody has a particular request or anything, I'd be happy to answer it. But really, I think following us on LinkedIn is the best, the best way. Okay. And I'll provide that link to your profile and to... Uh Edomidas on LinkedIn to, and of course to the, to the website. company one, yeah. Preferably. Yeah. Absolutely fine. Okay. Well, look, it's been wonderful having you on the program this morning. Thank you for your insights. <laughs> Just five more years, David. Hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. It's been great speaking to you, Mark. My pleasure. Hey, take care and thanks. thanks for the opportunity. Cheers. All the best. And that's a wrap. David, thanks so much for your time this morning, for talking to us live from Edinburgh. It's been a pleasure hearing your story and a couple of things I actually didn't know about you and how you came to be in the training business specifically. Thanks to you, our listeners, for your listenership again this week. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast and to this episode specifically. It's always a pleasure to know that you're out there and I'd love to know the kinds of things that can help you and the kinds of lessons that you want to learn. And with that in mind, may I ask you to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts because, as I say every week, this helps us to promote the show and to attract the kinds of guests whose entrepreneurial journey can help you with yours. You can check out the podcast, as always, every single Thursday on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, and on Spotify. And next week in episode 46, only five more episodes to go, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, is that five? Maybe not. Uh, anyway, until episode 50, we've episode 46 next week. Uh, I can't quite say yet which uh, episode or interview we're going to release, but that's something you'll simply have to find out by tuning in next Thursday. This is the last episode in July 2019, so I look forward to your company again next week, wherever you are. Maybe you're on holidays. If so, I'm jealous. Uh, maybe you're in the office just like me. But wherever you are, I will be there next week in your ear on your podcast, waiting for you to join us and my guests then. Until next week, have a wonderful week and bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.